Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 69, verses 1 through 23. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause, those who seek to destroy me. I am forced to restore what I did not steal. You, God, know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. Lord, the Lord Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me. God of Israel, may those who seek you not be put to shame because of me. For I endure for your sake, and shame covers my face. I am a foreigner to my own family a stranger to my own mother's children. For zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favor, in your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire, Do not let me sink in. Deliver me from those who hate me, from the deep waters. Do not let the flood waters engulf me, or the depths swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. You know how I am scorned, disgraced, and shamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. May the table set before them become a snare. May it become retribution and a trap. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and their backs be bent forever. Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons for confident, to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. 
But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so, somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 9 through 19. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. On account of him, many of the Jews were going over to see Jesus and believing in him. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus, Jesus was glorified did they realize that, things had, that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Welcome to Holy Week the week between Palm Sunday, uh, which is yesterday, and uh, Easter Sunday, which is the coming Sunday. And I'll try and speak about Easter as little as possible, because I think that's precisely the point. Um, just some housekeeping matters. The Revised Common Lectionary that I draw from, from the Vanderbilt Divinity, um, um, Divinity School's library, um, they depart from the um, prescribed readings through the Book of Common Prayer and a lot of Episcopalian resources that I rely on. Um, the Episcopalian resources um, follow the uh, letter to the Philippians, which I've called Paul's letter to veterans, and um, they follow uh, John 12, and then once we get into the, um, the Passion Narrative on Friday, we'll move on into uh, John 19 and 20, etc., um, this week there will be no um, First Formation podcast for Thursday or Friday. Um, I will try to get a podcast up explaining what the tritium is, uh, the tritium being Monday, Thursday, which is the eve in the evening is the Last Supper. Friday, 
late Thursday evening, early Friday morning are the trials of Jesus before Herod, before Pilate, um, before the Sanhedrin. And then by Friday afternoon, Jesus is crucified. In fact, I believe that he is dead, depending on the gospel. I believe he dies at uh, high noon. It goes dark for three hours. Um, and then the earthquake and everything. Um, and then the, the last day of the Tridium is Holy Saturday, when there are no services, the crosses are all covered, and nothing happens before uh, we enter a new season. Um, the Tridium, or three um, holy days, uh, as I've said, are Monday, Thursday, uh, Holy uh, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. And because those are major feasts, uh, in fact, the highest holy days of the Christian calendar, um, we won't be having uh, a First Formation podcast. I encourage you to go to uh, uh, Monday, Thursday service and get your feet washed. It's unfortunate that foot washing isn't uh, a more popular tradition because Jesus, especially in John's gospel, makes kind of a big deal out of it. Um, and then uh, Good Friday services are typically in the evening. It's where you cover the cross and the crowd disperses in chaotic silence. A lot of newcomers to church on Good Friday don't understand that um, there isn't the typical blessing or recession. At the end of the reading and at the end of the liturgy, you're deliberately in, the intent is to disperse without any order, without um, speaking, but silently depart the the church, uh, uh, symbolic of the way that Jesus' followers left him there on the cross for the most part, with the exception of John and Mary and Joseph of Arimathea. Um, today, um, we read from Philippians, and we, we read Philippians not too long ago, and this one is a little bit longer passage. If you remember, Paul kind of boasts in the way that military families and communities boast, saying, I'm better than you, um, and my being better than you should convince you that what I'm about to say and what I'm to tell you is reliable and authoritative. And so if you're uh, 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 especially uh, a Jewish Christian at the time before Judaism and Christianity split, um, being circumcised on the eighth day, being you know trained in the law as Pharisees like uh, Saul or Paul were, um, the tribe of Benjamin, uh, like he can trace his lineage. He talks about being a Hebrew of Hebrews, you know, you know, an operator in military terms, like he's the best of the best. Even in, in secular terms, if he's speaking to Gentile Christians, he's a citizen of Rome, which is no small uh, deal for someone living in the provinces like Judea. And instead of using that status for gain, he says, look, I consider it all waste. It's all garbage. Um, anything that I've I've gained, I consider a loss for Christ, uh, for the sake of Christ, um, because what Christ has to offer is so important and so profound that I would leave all this stuff, all my merit badges, all my um, rank, uh, I'd leave that behind in order to inherit and be uh, and be the recipient of the grace of God through His Son Jesus Christ. Um, and then John, John is um, kind of an odd bird. It's, um, they're the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then John is uh, sometimes called the fourth gospel or the spiritual gospel because it's written much later. 
Um, it, it purports to be written by the hand of the Apostle John, who is the youngest of the twelve, and he lived the longest according to tradition. He's the only one who wasn't martyred. Um, he dies in exile in Patmos, the, the island of Patmos, and um, the same uh, attempt at identifying uh, the work, uh, uh, attributing authorship to the disciple John, is also um, in the letters to of John as well as the Apocalypse of John, or Revelation, uh, as it's known for short. And John, because it's so odd, is always read, read during Holy Week. It's very uh, explicit. It's polemic. It sets up a strong, hard, and fast dichotomy between the Jews and the, the Jesus movement, um, much to the chagrin of, of many people. And also sets up this hard and fast distinction between the soldiers who did all this. Um, and John's gospel is, it's just, that's the way it is. Um, it, it creates high contrast juxtapositions between the kingdom of God and the ways of the world. And that includes the soldiers who are responsible for killing Jesus, who are just kind of doing their job. It's just probably some... Some crucifixion detail got tasked with it, and then they're responsible for killing the Son of God, um, uh, God incarnate. Um, and so there's the whole uh, calendar and, and time itself in a Christian um, worldview kind of hinges on the tritium, on this lead up from acclaiming Jesus Lord um, on Palm Sunday, rejoicing that he's coming in, he's just raised Lazarus from the dead. It's pretty damn powerful. And they're sick and tired of Rome. And so a lot of people see Jesus coming in on this beast of burden, um, may think, oh, thank God he's going to get the fuck rid of Rome. Um, But to keen observers, which did not include his own apostles, and John even says they don't even, they don't quite realize what's going on. Um, They, uh, they, didn't at the time, it says only after Jesus was glorified, which is to say risen from the dead, did they realize that things, that these things had been written about him and that these things had to be done to him. So they're looking on thinking what most of the crowd is thinking, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the King of Israel who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's right next to the, uh, the temple and Fortress Antonia, which is attached to the temple and which belongs to Rome. Um, and so seeing this street theater, you'd think he's making a play for, you know, Pilate. But that isn't the case. In fact, he's not riding a fancy horse. Oh, sorry, I had to sneeze pretty bad. Jesus, in fact, is not riding a fancy war horse. He's riding a disgusting, smelly, um, obnoxious donkey. Um, and this comes as a surprise throughout the week. By Thursday, um, Judas will turn him in. And in the span of those three days, all of the crowds that once looked up to him have lost faith. Um, they, they began Palm Sunday, uh, the week before uh, the Passover festival. They began it thinking, this is great. This is finally a revolution that will take hold. Not the, you know, the Maccabees didn't work. 
uh, Barabah, this other kind of um, insightful or you know insightful inciting um, figure um, that's also mentioned later in in the Gospels. That one didn't work. So here's Jesus. Uh, he's going to finally kind of overthrow Rome, and the people begin to realize that over the next three days. Um, and so um, the as I've said, I'll try and leave uh, an, a separate post for the Tritium and what's going on, um, but uh, it's not um, it's not insignificant and it's not a coincidence that the um, the readings that we'll be drawing from are from Paul's letter to veterans, um, and then um, John's Gospel, where the soldiers will figure prominently. Um, and I should say that if you're listening closely to the readings. It may be difficult if you identify yourself as a soldier, um, as a a veteran, um, because in these readings in particular, in Passion Week, it's very difficult to avoid the implication that that's where you would have been. Um, Your part in this story um, is not, is particularly um, painful. Uh, The um, the, the ancient uh, way of reading, um, Ignatius called it contemplative uh, reading. When you place yourself in the story and understand your 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 part, your participation in the unfolding of this story that we see in the scriptures, if you have been in the military or if you are in the military, um, Passion Week, Holy Week, can be particularly difficult in on Thursday and Friday. Um, because your part is is not an enviable part, but that is not to let non-soldiers off easy. After all, um, I've said elsewhere that the same people that will yell "kill, kill, kill" on the bayonet range um, are the same people that will yell "crucify him, crucify him, crucify him," and those people are, are all of us. We're all capable of that. Um, those who have served in an armed force or in some kind of um, policing force of some kind, um, there's a incredibly complex moral equation at, at work. If in the following week you're trying to listen closely and you're having difficulty um, making sen- sense of it all, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, don't hesitate to reach out to me at pewpewhq.com um, or I am Logan am I dot com. Um, I'm Passion Week, Holy Week has always been poignant to say the least for me, and I want to make sure that if anybody else is taking the liturgy as seriously as I am, that you have resources and access to a support network to think through what this means theologically um, and personally, because that's precisely how theology should affect us, um, not just soldiers and veterans, but every Christian. Um, so I, I hope you enjoy this week. Uh, I'll be with you on Tuesday and Wednesday as well, and I'll try and get in a couple of podcasts explaining some of the events that we won't be um, um, uh, forming up for first formation this week. But otherwise, um, just bear with it. We've got three more days of Lent and then a couple of really tough days before um, there's a, a joyous surprise. The, the light at the end of the tunnel becomes much closer in just a few short days.
Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's first formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.